Need to get your football fix on all things Army, Navy, and Air Force? This is Yards and Stripes Service Academy Football. Now, here are your hosts, Price Atkinson, Steve Carney, and Mike Lovell. Welcome in to yet another episode of Yards and Stripes, your home for Service Academy football, Army, Navy, and Air Force. That's what we do, and I do it with my guys, Mike Lovell and Steve Carney. Gentlemen, welcome in. Happy Halloween. I hope everybody has had a a sugar-free evening as we record here on Halloween evening. It's been a fun night here at the Atkinson household. Uh, how about you guys? Good weekend, good Halloween, gents? Good weekend for me. Good Halloween. Good turnout. We ran out of candy, so that's all good. A lot of people in the neighborhood get to see people. Looking forward to this coming up weekend in football. No kidding. Steven? Amazingly enough, I don't have that many kids in my neighborhood. Yeah. Um, still buy plenty of candy. That's mostly going <laughs> shoveling down my my own my own throat. <laughs> but uh, you know, the one thing that I'm very happy about with Halloween now being here and with Halloween being over uh tomorrow is the fact that I can have people for the next uh, seven or eight months uh, not joke with me about always wearing my Halloween mask. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I get that I get that a lot in October, but uh, not and that hopefully will come to an end. I know you guys will well, shoot. Ahead, only Mike. downside, only downside price. It was on a Monday this year. That's just for me. That's a little bit of a bummer. Halloween's always best on a Friday or Saturday. Oh, no kidding. No kidding. And then you get into the debate a lot of times with neighbors or if you live in HOA, like, okay, well, Halloween's on a Monday. Are we going to do Halloween on Saturday or Sunday? No, we're still doing it on Monday. You know, I don't know if you guys have, you don't have to, Stephen doesn't have to deal with that, but Mike, I don't know if you you do. It's always a, sometimes a, a debate amongst neighbors, but everybody settled, said, you know what, here in my neighborhood, we'll do it on Monday, which I'm, that's fine. What, no matter what day Halloween is, we do it on that day. Well, the 31st always falls on a 31st, so it's whatever day of the week the 31st is for me. Absolutely. That's right. That is right. Um, we got a uh, – well, I was, before we get into the show here real quick, I'll say the one thing. The one thing I'm excited – I love Halloween. It was my mom's birthday, um, so it was always a big day for us. But my favorite part of turning the page to November 1st is – get to listen to Christmas music going to school on the school ride tomorrow morning. So I'm ready to fire up the Christmas music. We listened to it two straight months. Don't go by hub, humbug on me, guys. Come on. Don't hate. Don't hate. I don't know what you're talking about. I listen to Sirius XM Sports Radio <laughs> all the time. I, I don't I don't listen to music on the radio from like mid, uh, mid-September, well, really mid-August to uh, the end of January. It's all sports radio. And I listen to the College Gridiron Coast to Coast Podcast Network. So that's Look, what that's what I use instead of Christmas music. As soon as the last child gets out of my car in the morning, whoop, I go to Sirius XM. I go to podcast, but it's just it's just for the kid drop off. You know, they have to have their tunes. And it's the one stuff we don't have to fight over on the radio because it's a constant fight. We have a certain mark every day when we take when I take my both my kids to school because they go to two different schools now. And when we hit that mark, I can switch it to the other station. I mean, it's it's really ridiculous. So I won't get into it. It's 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 bad. All right, guys, we got a big one uh, to get into here. Uh, Episode 10 yards and stripes. We got Air Force head coach Troy Calhoun. He's going to join us. Caught up with him a little bit earlier today. We got uh, Navy and Temple to talk about. Only game that we had this past weekend. And, of course, we have the second leg of the Commander-in-Chief Trophy this weekend. The Lockheed Martin Commander's Classic Air Force and Army at Globe Life Field in Arlington, 
Texas this weekend. Man, we got a lot to do. But before we get into it, guys, let me tell you about my friends at BetUS. College football season, boy, we are rounding the corner, guys. In November, you know you need that sports book. Integrity, longevity, the one you can rely on is BetUS. Did you know that BetUS has been pioneers in that sports book industry for over 25 years, thriving and paying their loyal customer base quickly and securely? Well, guys, we want you to go to BetUS.com and take advantage of an offer we have on our shows from the College Gridiron Coast to Coast Podcast Network. I've told you all season, I'm going to tell you again. If you haven't done it, you need to do it tonight. You'll receive a 125% sign-up bonus by using our code COAST22. That's COAST22. Quick primer. 100 bucks gets you another 125 to play with. 200 bucks initially deposited, well, then you get another 250 and so on. It's that easy. BetUS has got the NFL, the World Series, the NBA regular season. NHL is underway. Almost any sport you can think of or wager on, BetUS has it. Regardless of the sport, we want you to be with us all season on BetUS.com. Check them out at BetUS, and remember, our 125% match bonus for initial signups with our code COAST22 on BetUS. All right, guys, as I mentioned, we are part of the College Gridiron Coast to Coast Podcast Network that you can listen to on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is you listen to your podcast. And we appreciate you listening tonight as we're going to get into our one game recap. And let's start off, let's get that one done before we give out our game balls and get to everything else that we have, including head coach Troy Calhoun. Navy, a 27 to 20 winner in overtime over the visiting Temple Owls. Navy comes away with a victory on senior day and homecoming Saturday in Annapolis. Looked like an absolutely gorgeous day uh, there in Annapolis for that one. Had some friends at the game. They told me, Price, best Saturday of the season. And they weren't talking about what they saw on the field. They were talking about the weather. But uh, Xavier Arline, backup quarterback, he comes in for an injured Ty Lavatai late in the first quarter. Lavatai, who we now found out is done for the year, gentlemen. He will not return with a knee injury. As his season has come to an end. Mids didn't uh, complete a pass en route to the win. And I will quote Mike in the text I got uh, somewhere late in the regulation. Navy is playing with fire. And they sure played with it late down the stretch, Mike. Yeah, as you, and you nailed it, Price. As, as good as the weather was in Annapolis on Saturday, the football was was op- was was just as bad. I think for the exception of the Miami and Virginia game, that could have been uh, the least inspired football game of the entire day on Saturday. If you uh, liked was, if you liked offense, Mike, that game Saturday would make your eyes hurt. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It, it, it really came down to which team didn't want to lose it the most. Navy, Navy come away with a win. They got the good start. They were up twenty to ten, and then gave up the ten fourth quarter points, forced into overtime. But Navy did what they had to do. We we talked about this being a must win game if Navy wanted to keep what little bowl hopes they had going. They had to beat Temple by by far the the least capable team remaining on their schedule. They're about to hit mm-hmm. a, a brutal stretch in their schedule. Uh, they, I think they hit Cincinnati this week but navy uh won the turnover battle uh one to three uh only had two penalties in the game didn't set them down uh, no special teams mistakes converted both field goals so really navy uh is it, it, it without playing well still made the fewest mistakes uh going back to my other team one of general general <coughs> Nealon's maxims the, the team that makes the fewest mistakes will win that's exactly what navy did made the fewer mistakes and they let temple lose that game uh two interceptions a fumble 
uh, a handful of penalties, and, and Temple just couldn't get anything going uh, except for a small stretch in the fourth quarter where they were able to tie it up. But yeah, Navy escapes, uh, keeps keeps what hopes they have for a bowl on life support, and they had to have that game, and they they barely barely got away with that win. And Steve, it was a mistake by Navy that really let open the door and let Temple get back into it because Navy built a 13-0 lead, and then the Owls got on the board late in the the first half with a field goal uh, to make it 13 to three at halftime. But Navy takes the opening uh, kickoff of the second half, and Mikel Haywood doesn't field the kickoff uh, in, to start the second half, and he quickly is like, "Oh, oh crap! I got to take this ball." So basically, picks it up at the one yard line and turns around and is immediately pummeled at the five. So that drive starts at the five-yard line, and then Xavier line with an ill-advised pitch batted down by Temple linebacker Leighton Jordan, who recovered it in the end zone. I mean, before you could even blink, we got a football game, 13-10, to 10, a terrible mistake, and it let them right back in the game. Yeah, and Leighton Jordan has all three of Temple's defensive scores this year. That's that's <laughs> incredible. Quite quite the uh, the stat that got thrown out in the television broadcast that really made me laugh. Um, I I agree that was uh, a brain fart uh, at the beginning of the second half. Uh, you you realize that you know on a punt you it's not a it's not a live football until the the to the receiving team touches it, and so you could down it wherever. And I don't know if if that was just a uh, a brain fart, as I said, or just a, a little bit of miscommunication. Maybe he thought the ball was going to go out of bounds. I don't, I don't know what mm-hmm. he was thinking uh, at that point, but yeah, when, when it, when it's laying there at the one yard line, you realize, Oh my God, that's a live football. I need to go get that. Uh, and, and you end up with the, with the mistake from, from our line. Uh, I, I really do think that uh, you know, it was that, that stretch that could have cost Navy, the football game, Mike. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Steve. I think he thought it was going to the end zone. Watching it, he was kind of headed towards the sideline, and I, I just, I think he just had his, you know, his position on the field. Uh, I don't think he understood where he was at on the field. I think he thought it was going to the end zone. He saw it bounce at like the two, and then he realized his mistake. So he had to get over there and get it. It was, I mean, you're right, Price. Again, that was that was that's one of those things I was talking about playing with fire. That was about the only bad mistake they make. But that would have been, you know, that was a both of those the uh, the the not fielding the, the life the 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 kick and the uh, option that got batted into the end zone mm-hmm. uh, horrible mistakes. But but again, they made fewer mistakes than Temple. Uh, Temple and, was able to make a few more mistakes. And they and they were able to at, at the end uh, when Temple had the ball on the four yard line, I believe, uh, looking to go in and for what might have been the game-winning touchdown with a minute to go in the fourth quarter, and Navy makes the stop there and forces them to kick the field goal and play for overtime instead. I'm sure if I'm I'm E.J. Warner uh, and and the Owls offense, that's that's also a moment that you're going to look and go, we could have won that game if we had just made a play inside the five. Yeah, I, I, I really thought watching the game, I thought Temple would, I mean, especially as, you know, when they got into hurry up and they're just throwing, throwing, throwing. How about EJ Warner, especially when they were, he was just getting chunk after chunk play. I'm like, boy, this this thing's going to end up in the end zone with less than a minute left. And of course, Navy, I mean, who, who can't throw the ball at all with Xavier Arlon. I mean, he's completed, he's in three seasons, he's completed 11 passes. I mean, he's like 11 of 34 uh, in his career, hadn't completed a pass this year. Um, I mean, but that would have been game set match clearly um, had they gotten in the end zone. But Navy stands tall as much as, you know, you know, 
I don't want to say taking a shot at Xavier Arline, especially with that ill-advised pitch. That's not a shot. Um, you know, the fact he can't throw the ball, maybe that's a shot. But he did make a really nice play on the option keeper uh, in overtime. You know, that 23-yard option keeper where, I mean, he literally, I mean, he faked Temple out of their shoes. And he goes right up. I mean, it was a fantastic 23-yard uh, keeper for the touchdown um, that obviously put Navy up seven, forcing Temple you know, to have to get it in the end zone as well, uh, you know, when they can't do it in fourth and 11, intercepted by Deshaun Peel in the end zone, and it's over. Navy gets the 27-20 to 20 win. Obviously, the big story coming out of the game, clearly uh, Navy getting the win, uh, improving to 3-5, and five. even Steven now in the American Athletic at 3-3, three and three. Temple dropping to 2-6. and six. But the fact that you lost Xavier Ardline for the season when you're trying – I mean, um, Ty Lavatai for the season when you're trying to muster any kind of offense – Plus, he is your, I mean, without a doubt, he's your best option under center. Now, he's done for the year. It's another set of problems that that offensive coaching staff, Ivan Jasper, the quarterback coach, and, of course, head coach Ken, Ken Niamatololo got to deal with now. Where you go from here, where the season heads, I don't know, but your back is really now against the wall uh, with Xavier Arline having to take uh, take on the quarterback spot. You know, a two-sport athlete originally committed to the University of North Carolina to play lacrosse and football there. But when they had the coaching change and Mac Brown came in, uh, he committed to Navy and obviously plays football and lacrosse at Navy. But uh, still, uh, the back is really against the wall for the midshipmen, if you will, guys. Yeah, they. Uh, I mentioned that schedule coming up. They play Cincinnati. They're at Cincinnati this week. Then they get Notre Dame. Uh, then they get at, and then they travel to UCF. So I mean, you got to think they're going to be a minimum double-digit dogs on all three of those. And then they take three weeks off uh, against Army, and that's that's not necessarily a good thing to have three weeks off. It's always good yeah. to have a bye week, but once you get three weeks off, you know, you guys, fo- the the guys are focused on tournaments. Uh, you know, practice, you know, they just kind of get a little bit out of game, not not out of game shape, but out of game timing and out of game rhythm, most importantly. So, yeah, this is a, this is a tough stretch uh, for our line. You know, he'll, he'll have some practice to get ready, uh, but, but, you know, learning, getting his first start on the road at Cincinnati, who were in the CFP last year. Then you go to Notre Dame, all the mystique and tradition with that game. Then you come down to Orlando. The weather is going to be completely different against the UCF team. It's, it's rolling pretty good right now with Gus Miles on and his bag of tricks. So mm-hmm. by the time they get to Army, or the time they get to the Army-Navy game in Philadelphia, you got to think Navy's probably looking at 3-8 and eight in a really disappointing season. We'll, we'll see, but it's not going to get any easier for them. Yeah, it yeah. certainly isn't getting easier. Uh, the, the Cincinnati line, uh, I just a look, is already at 20, and, and I would not be surprised to see that probably go up to around 24 or so before uh, things go off on uh, on next Saturday. But, and you're right, uh, Notre Dame, uh, of course, Navy Notre Dame is a huge uh, rivalry week, but you know, you're looking at a, uh, a team that is playing with its second string, probably third string quarterback with the, with our line uh, going. And then uh, UCF, you, you figure that's probably going to be, still warm because it's still before Thanksgiving. <laughs> all those, all those games are before Thanksgiving. So you've got the Thanksgiving holiday. You've got the term coming to an end. And, and as Mike said, three weeks off for these creatures of habit. And, and that's what it is. And I, they're going to get out of that habit, which mm-hmm. is not a good sign for, uh, for the middies. All right, let's go ahead and give out some game balls uh, from this past weekend. Clearly, we only had one game, so pickings are kind of slim, but our pickings are 
probably going to land in the midshipmen uh, camp as they get the win over Temple. I'll fire first this week, guys. I'm going to go my game ball with John Marshall, the Navy senior striker and tri-captain who had five pass breakups in the football game, the most by Navy player in a single game since 2000, now tied for the second most in a single game this year. Joey Porter Jr. of Penn State had six against Purdue earlier in the season, but John Marshall came into the game with five career pass breakups. He makes five in the game in addition to uh, 14 tackles, four of which were solo, one sack, two and a half tackles for a loss. Just a fantastic football game by the, the senior striker from from there, Maryland Marshall now leads in the mids and tackles, tackles for a loss, pass breakups, quarterback hurries, second sacks. He's basically the do-it-all defender for the midshipmen. So I'm going with John Marshall with my game ball this week. Steve, you want to fire away next? Yeah, I'm going to take uh, – I'll take Xavier Arline, uh, and I'll hand my game ball to him because coming in in relief of Ty Labatai, uh is not an easy task, uh, even if you are up like they were. Uh, he was able to at least keep the, the ship going in the right direction, even though the uh, Owls were able to force overtime. 16 carries, 54 yards, and, of course, the touchdown on the keeper in overtime that ended up being the game-winning score. So uh, I'll go with Xavier Arline. Right, Mike, what about you? For the brand, I'm going with the Navy punter Riley Raithman. Uh, we talked about Temple's uh, troubles with their offense getting things started. So what you want to do is you don't want to give them any opportunities. They scored seven of their 20 points in regulations on the defensive touchdown. Uh, Raithman was able to six punts, averaged 45 yards a punt, had four downs inside the 20 and a long of 55. So they were a Navy was able to keep Temple backed up, force that offense, which was trying to find its rhythm, never really found its rhythm to do long drives. They couldn't do that. So I'm giving my game ball this week to the punter, Riley Raithman. Hey, punters are people too. That's right. That's right. All right. When we come back, we've got the head coach of the Air Force Falcons, Troy Calhoun. We'll talk with him as they get ready for the Army Black Knights this weekend in Arlington, Texas. we got our Travis Manning Foundation honor roll segment. We're going to tell you about our friends at Ticket Smarter. We've got a few news and notes to pass along, and then we will preview our two games this weekend, including Navy hitting the road and, of course, the big one down in Texas. That's all coming up next here on Yards and Stripes, your home for Service Academy football. It's everything you need to know about Service Academy football. Yards and Stripes continues. Here once again are Price, Steve, and Mike. All right, welcome back into Yards and Stripes, your home for Service Academy football. Now we're talking with the main man with the Air Force Academy Falcons and 1989 grad himself, the head coach Troy Calhoun, as the Falcons get ready to take on the Army Black Knights down in Texas this weekend, the second leg of the Commander-in-Chief Trophy. And, Coach, how's it going today? It's great to catch back up with you. Hey, you too, Price. No, we got a beautiful day in Colorado, so uh, getting ready to head out to the practice field. I know you guys are uh, coming off that bye week. Um, you know, did you get, you know, the guys, you know, got a little time off, got to heal. Did, did you let them have a little bit of Halloween fun today? Are you going to let them kind of kick back, or is it, <laughs> boy, it's time to get to work? Well, I, we got to find out who has who, who's going to have a really good costume. Maybe we'll uh, give that a test. No, I mean we're we're, we're at it. You know, yeah. we uh, obviously in in class this morning and um, with our meetings and uh, and then like I said, getting ready to go out and get on the grass and uh, go practice. 
Coach, coming off that bye week, how much did that help you? Because I know after playing, what was it, seven, eight straight weeks, you know, the Boise State game, you guys come up a little short. I don't want to say you guys look to step slow, but I know the mental rigors that your guys go through. You obviously know it, having been through it yourself. But, you know, the mental, the physical, everything, did you feel like that bye week came really at the right time? I know you always want to have a little bit extra time to prepare for an academy, but, you know, getting your guys away from the field, kind of resting a little bit mentally as well physically well i i mean i think our, our guys kind of embrace the day in day out rigors uh-huh. of being at the academy and uh, just happened to be where our bye fell uh you know and, and really i thought we played extremely hard in our last game against boise state they are obviously really really talented yeah. and so they can make a lot of teams look a little sluggish sure. i mean that's really a credit to them uh and yet what we could do we got to move forward as you always do um mm-hmm. you know just uh my goodness, I mean, the, the number of opportunities uh, to be able to make a couple of adjustments or a couple of changes and to improve, and we'll need it certainly for this week, uh, for Saturday, and uh, and beyond for uh, for the rest of the season also. Absolutely. Um, you know, Commander-in-Chief Trophy, I, I know you don't have to say a lot else to your team. I mean, you do, but you don't. Is, is, this, one of, is this a week, you know, kind of like Navy week, it, where you – I mean, do you let some of the seniors and the team leaders, is this a time that they step up? You know, I know they step up all year long, as your captains do, but and as, you know, firsties, the seniors do. But is this an extra week where, you you know, they kind of, you know, there's a little bit of more take charge maybe than some of the other weeks? Well, they, they do a really good job of that daily sure. uh, here at the academy. And if they didn't have that kind of leadership aptitude, oh, my goodness, they uh, they, they probably wouldn't be here in the first place. Yeah. And uh, uh, I will say this. I mean, you'll have, you know, really, really good focus, good drive, and, um, and, and certainly a group that will practice extremely hard this week. And, uh and then you know that's uh, it's one of those where the preparation never ceases either, mm-hmm. uh, even once we get down to Dallas. All right, talking. You mentioned the word preparation. You clearly know this team so well. You know the players. You recruited a lot of them. The coaches. You guys know each other. You know the schemes. You know what is a preparation week like for say Navy for Army when you just. I mean, everything is so symmetrical in terms of the academy life. The players, you, a lot of times that same player pool you recruit from, systems you run offensively and defensively. You know, what is this preparation like compared to maybe other weeks? Yeah, great point, Price. I'll say this. I think the real key is uh, is being extremely thorough and finding the nuances because mm-hmm. uh, there are clearly differences sure. uh, in the way that we operate, whether it's something that involves special teams, uh, maybe a different way that we're blocking a, a zone play or mm-hmm. uh, you know, maybe a uh, three under, three deep uh, coverage that has some kind of fire zone attached to it. And <laughs> so uh, just you know, the study that's a part of that, and uh, I mean, th- th- those are the things that you're really plowing through as you would for any game. But here, I think you, you do dig a little bit deeper. Mm-hmm. What about tricks or wrinkles as a staff for a team that you know knows you guys as well as you know them? How do you balance trying to insert some new things, some things they may not see, that some things they may not be ready for? Clearly, not asking you to tip any kind of hand, coach, but you know, just balancing putting some new things in while trying to get your team to do the fundamentals and play Air Force football the way you want to play. Yeah, right, uh, Price. Each week you might have a, a couple of things here or there, mm-hmm. and yet 
My goodness. So one thing you can never, ever sacrifice is the quality of your execution. Sure. And, um, you know, and sometimes you start doing too many, too many things that are a little bit reaches and wrinkles and they look good on the grease board. Yet when it comes time to being able to operate and function in a game like this, I mean, you gotta be able to, you gotta be able to execute at a very high level. Yep. All right. Continue with Air Force head coach Troy Calhoun getting ready to take on the Black Knights this weekend in Arlington, Texas, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time kickoff on Saturday morning. And coach, you know, the series has been, you know, home and home for a long time. Do you like the neutral site or would you rather play, you know, the academies? Would you rather play this at home every other year? Well, we, we, we've given this a shot, mm-hmm. you know, to uh, to take it somewhere neutral. Uh, I think probably over the long haul, certainly you want it to be much, much more prevalent on the campus. Yet right. uh, this has been an interesting couple of years. Uh, I mean, I do think, uh, you know, it's a way to kind of to get to an area of the country where there are a huge number of service members, mm-hmm. uh, which there are. Uh, the other part is the ease for followers, be it alumni or uh, really, you know, supporters, the simplicity of being able to fly into either DFW or left field and how important that is. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so we, you know, I, I understand why we've done it. It's just kind of going forward. I do think it sure helps whenever you play a service academy game on your own campus and uh, being able to have, you know, recruits and families and, and your alums to return back to the academy. Absolutely. And, Coach, uh, before we let you go, just a couple more quick ones for you. You know, it, a lot of times, I mean, you know your players, you know what you got, but some, you know, every season is, is, is clearly different. And each season, you know, a, a team kind of takes on sometimes a new identity. Um, of things they really do well, or you know, do they have a knack for winning close games? I mean, it, there's just so many different things that go into it. But you know, being at this point in the season, you know, now you're rounding the corner and, and getting into November. At, what is the identity of your team this year, the 2022 Falcons? Yeah, Price, I think we're still that. That that's a continuous evolution. Yeah. I don't know if you ever. I mean, truly. Um, I think you got to get through a good number of games. And we've had so many different lineup uh, lineup participants, which mm-hmm. is a good thing in the long haul to have people that are able to gain experience and uh, to be exposed and get to play college football that I think we'll kind of just discover as we come down the stretch of the year. Yeah, because I remember you saying back at, I don't know, I think it was back in July, media days, this might be a team that you don't figure out till really late in the year. I, I remember that's you. Right. you, yes, you sir. And it, so, I mean, you're, you, what you're telling me right now is that that's exactly been the case, is it's still kind of evolving. And, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, Brad Roberts, you know, what he's brought to your football team. You know, I know you don't like singling guys out, but, I mean, how can you not? Just what he has brought, he brings week in and week out the toughness the leadership, the productivity, everything he does for your football team. Just talk about Brad Roberts, you know, not just also the athlete, but, you know, the cadet, what he's like having him as a leader on your team. Yeah, just the consistency. I mean, he's uh, just, you know, very mature, uh, tremendous worker, 
whether it's in the weight room, uh, just how respectful he is and truly does not think he's above anybody else, which is a pretty awesome quality in terms of the humility and, uh, and a guy that's an outstanding teammate too. Well, Coach, just appreciate a few uh, quick minutes with you as you guys get ready to take on the Black Knights. I know la- last year was one of the best football games I saw all year. I know it was a tale of two halves uh, with the, that scoreless half, and then you know really the fireworks exploded you know right there in the third quarter. But good luck uh, this weekend. Safe travels to Texas, and can't wait to talk to you again, Coach. All right. Really appreciate what you do for college football and certainly the Service Academy's price. Coach, thanks again. That's Air Force head coach Troy Calhoun in his 16th season leading the Falcons took over in 2007. Again, a 1989 Air Force Academy graduate himself, and I know is clearly fired up for this weekend and to do battle with Army once again in Arlington, Texas at Globe Life Field. All right, we'll be right back. We've got our Travis Manion Foundation Honor Roll segment that we do every single week honoring a fallen hero who has given the ultimate sacrifice. That's coming up next here on Yards and Stripes. In 2007, Marine First Lieutenant Travis Mannion was killed in Iraq after saving his wounded teammates. Travis's legacy lives on through the words he spoke before his final deployment, If not me, then who? Words that today fuel the spirit of Travis Mannion Foundation. And through TMF, these words can live in you too. Show the world what you're made of, because character is invisible until it's not. Find out how you can strengthen the character of your community alongside empowered veterans, families of the fallen, and inspired civilians at travismanion.org. Welcome back into Yards and Stripes. Now it's time for our Travis Manion Foundation Honor Roll segment where we honor remember a fallen hero, one that has given the ultimate sacrifice. And this week we're going to honor and remember First Lieutenant Thomas E. Wortham the fourth. He was a member of the Wisconsin Army National Guard, Troop A, and the 105th Cavalry, as well as the Chicago Police Department. Lieutenant Wortham was murdered on May the 19th, 2010, outside his parents' home in Chicago when four men attempting to steal his motorcycle uh, took his life. Just months before his death, he had returned from a year-long combat deployment to Iraq with the 105th Cavalry and the 32nd Red Arrow Infantry Brigade Combat Team. Wortham was a Bronze Star recipient, veteran of two Iraq deployments, as well as a tour of duty. And after returning home from active duty, Wortham served as president of the Cole Park Advisory Council in Chatham, located on Chicago's south side, where he worked to make the neighborhood safe for children to play in area parks as a youth mentor and community watch coordinator. The first lieutenant, Thomas E. Wortham, the fourth award, was created after his death to remember his public service and is presented annually to a Wisconsin National Guard soldier or airman who demonstrates outstanding commitment to the community and the military in honor of the late Thomas E. Wortham IV. The award recognizes off-duty achievements, and those of Wortham were not known by his fellow soldier till after his death. Quote, As impressive as his uniform contributions were to the nation, state, and community, they don't paint the entire picture. In quote, said Army Captain Matthew McDonald, his commander in Troop A. Quote, in a way, Tom's humility is the genesis of this achievement award. Tom represents the best traditions of the colonial militias going back to the days of America's founding. His embodiment of the warrior ethos is enhanced and made all the more impressive by his spirited embrace of what it means to be a citizen in the fullest sense. End quote. And in December 2011, Tech Sergeant Robert 
Geralt's was the first recipient of the award, which was first announced in 2010 during a halftime ceremony at Soldier Field, part of a September 27th Monday night football game between the Chicago Bears and the Green Bay Packers. The police department of Chicago went on to develop their own version of the Wortham Award given to Chicago police officers. Quote, he was a Chicago police officer, but more than anything, Tommy was just a good person. He was a protector. He was a person who literally spent his whole life working to become a public servant. That's who he was. He wanted to do good things in the world and make his city a better place, make the world a better place. End quote. Those words from his close family friend, Anthony. Speaking of family, survived by his parents, Carolyn and Thomas Wortham III, his father, also a former Chicago police officer. Also survived by his sister, Sandra. And the top character strengths by the Travis Manion Foundation listed for First Lieutenant Thomas E. Wortham, bravery, hope, and humility. We take the time to remember folks like First Lieutenant Thomas Wortham, uh, somebody who gave his life to our country for our freedoms as a member of the Wisconsin Army National Guard and also serving his local community as a Chicago police officer. And the Travis Manion Foundation, as you know, we tell you every week, is is doing work in communities across the country. Service projects are ongoing right now during Operation Legacy during the month of November. And if you want to find a project near you in your local community, just go to travismanion.org and you can search right there on the menu bar to find a way that you can join the mission in a local community near you. Travis Mannion Foundation's 9-11 Heroes Run 5K Race Series unites communities across the country and around the world to honor the sacrifices of September 11th and the war since. Join your community this September and register to run, walk, or rock by visiting 911heroesrun.org. The latest with Navy, Army, and Air Force on Yards and Stripes Service Academy Football. All right, welcome back into Yards and Stripes, your home for Service Academy football. Appreciate our Air Force head coach Troy Calhoun joining us there a few minutes ago. Appreciate the Travis Manning Foundation for supporting us and the podcast, helping to uh, bring out and help us uh, identify and remember some of these fallen heroes who have given that ultimate sacrifice. Travis Manning Foundation doing great work in just communities all across the country. Go to travismanion.org to find out how you can get involved in a service project near you. All right, we got uh, a couple notes to pass along. We got games to preview and pick. But before we do that, I'm going to give it to my guy, Mr. Mike Lovall, to tell you about our friends at Ticket Smarter. Thank you, Price College football fans. We know that you're looking for the best seats at, for the best games at the most competitive prices. We want to make sure you take advantage of Ticket Smarter and their mobile app. We know that buying college football tickets online requires trust. Ticket Smarter has partnered with more than 100 universities and 24 conferences as their official ticket resale marketplace and with ESPN Events as their official ticket resale partner. And with the best selection of NCAA football tickets, Ticket Smarter makes sure fans from all over the country experience the power and excitement of college football live and in person. Purchase your tickets quickly, securely, and at the best prices on the secondary market with the Ticket Smarter mobile app or at TicketSmarter.com. And we've got an additional offer for those listening to 
all of our podcasts on the College Gridiron Coast to Coast Network. Take 5% off your purchase of $100 or more with our promo code GRIDIRON22. That's GRIDIRON22 for 5% off your order of $100 or more. And that code isn't just for a one-time use. You can use that code as many times as you want this season for the best selection of college football seats to the biggest games. Check out the selections and the pricing now with the Ticket Smarter app or at TicketSmarter.com. And remember our code, GRIDIRON22. Think smarter, use Ticket Smarter. Speaking of big games price, we got Army Air Force this week. That we do. We have... Army and Air Force, but this is going to be about the prep schools is because they took the field against each other this past weekend to wrap up each of their respective seasons. And quarterback Larry Robinson rushed for two touchdowns as Army prep topped Air Force 27-9 to at West Point. So Army drawing, I guess, maybe first blood this season when it comes to the gridiron. We'll see if they can get that second skin this coming weekend uh, in Arlington, Texas. Uh, we're going to save that one for last, gentlemen, because I want to go ahead and get this one out of the way first because we want to talk the big boys last. But before we talk about Air Force and Army getting ready this weekend, Navy's going to travel to Cincinnati uh, to take on the Bearcats at Nippert Stadium, a 4 p.m. kickoff on ESPNU. Obviously, Cincinnati is going to come into this one rip-roaring, pissed off after losing on the road in that national ranking at UCF this past weekend. Navy 3-5, and five, obviously 3-3 three and three in the American, but now Cincinnati dropping to 6-2, and 3-1 and one in the American. And right now, last, last I've seen, gents, Cincinnati is giving 20 points over under in this one is 46 and a half as these two teams will meet for the sixth time overall and the fourth time is conference foes in the American Athletic. Uh, Cincinnati beat Navy 42 to nothing in the mid's only trip ever to Nippert Stadium that was back in 2018 but that's a place where Cincinnati has won an incredible 30 straight home games second longest active home winning streak in the country behind Clemson who's 138 in Death Valley. Cincinnati last lost at home on November the 10th in 2017 to a Temple team that Navy just knocked off. So Navy going to Cincinnati this weekend. And guys, I to say that this is going to be a tall order is an understatement. I think the fact that Cincinnati's coming off a loss, that's never going to help you when they're pissed off, especially defending that you know, that home winning streak. And if you've never been to Nippert Stadium, that is a fantastic place to watch a college football game. For sure, Price. And, you know, for Cincinnati, their motivation is still going to be there. They're still in line for the group of uh, five uh, bowl, uh, new, um, uh, I'm sorry, CFP uh, bowl that goes and gets extended to the highest ranked uh, group of five team. Tulane's currently in the pole position on that, but Tulane still has to play UCF and Cincinnati and SMU. So Tulane's got a long way to go to finish highest in the rank from all the group uh, group of five. Cincinnati still has to play them, and then they can get UCF again in the American Athletic Conference championship game if necessary. So so Cincinnati's got a lot, of play, a, a lot to play for, even coming off that loss against UCF, to try to get back into uh, the New Year's Six Bowls. And Steve, Cincinnati's got an uh, interesting story, I think, at quarterback. Redshirt senior Ben Bryant, um, Two, over 2,000 yards, 16 touchdowns. He's only thrown six picks. But it's kind of interesting because Ben Bryant started his career at Cincinnati, 
transfer to Eastern Michigan to get playing time. And then when obviously Desmond Ritter graduated, you know, that, you know, the quarterback spot back up for grabs, Ben Bryant goes back to Cincinnati. You don't mm -hmm. usually see a player when they transfer, especially, you know, from a school like that going, you know, to an Eastern Mission, going back to the same school that they were previously at. You don't see that that often. You don't see it very often, but it, it, it is a it is a wonderful story. I got a chance to see Cincinnati earlier this year uh, against the University of South Florida in a, mm -hmm. in a game that I thought USF may have played its best uh, football of the season. They end up losing 28-24 at Nippert Stadium. Uh, as, uh, as you mentioned, it's a great place to watch a game. It can be extremely loud. Uh, that, that fan base... The Bearcat fan base is one of the most hyped uh, in that entire conference. And I really do think that it's going to be a very difficult uh, proposition to ask uh, Xavier Arline now taking over as the uh, as the starting quarterback of Navy to have to go in there and have his first start of 2022 end up being uh, a team that's going to be angry, as you said, pissed off that they're no yeah. longer ranked and, and want to get back in the uh, driver's seat for the uh, for the group of five uh, the the best uh, ranking uh, and they've got they've got their work cut out and it starts with uh, it starts with this week against Navy so I, I really do think it's going to be a difficult uh, road to hope for the midshipmen and and you've obviously seen them Steve like you mentioned you saw him play earlier this year and you know you know Luke Fickle who's you know a former defensive guy you know they're their defense is one of the best in the country. They rank number one in the country in defensive touchdowns with four, number one in team tackles for a loss per game at nine, number three in sacks a game, number nine in fourth down conversion defense, number 13 in team pass efficiency. I mean, the list, I mean, defensively, they're, they're incredibly stout. And then also on defense, uh, or excuse me, on special teams, uh, fifth in kickoff return defense, mm. uh, fifth, uh, second net punting punt return yards they're 18 i mean and then obviously they can score they can move the football i mean this is a it just doesn't change anything having lost obviously at ucf last week and this is a dangerous football team all around it's really it's really a matchup nightmare for navy as well because they're what they're best on defense is their rush defense and of course mm -hmm. navy doesn't navy doesn't pass very well particularly uh, with lavatai out and cincinnati only allows about 92 yards per game and very athletic defense uh, so I would suspect that Navy just uh, pounds it with Fofana up the middle as best they can pretty much all game, but I don't know how long that's going to last. I, I don't think Navy will be able to run uh, our lines on the edge or get their um, option game to the outside going because Cincinnati's defense, particularly on the corners, is just very athletic. Uh, I, I think Navy's going to have to rely on that inside rush. It, it really is a matchup nightmare uh, for Navy. And especially. If you, if if you want, yeah. if you and if you want to take a look at what what Navy is going to want to try and do, take a look at Charles McClellan on the other side of the football. Uh, I watched him go 20, uh, 21 carries for one hundred and seventy eight yards against mm. USF. He had a he had a really rough time against UCF last week. I think he only had like forty, he had under forty yards uh, on the ground last week. I, I really do think that uh, that the offensive uh, the offensive coordinator and and Ben Bryan are going to want to try and feed McClellan the football and, and really wear down 
that Navy defense. And they, they can do it with the best of them. I just don't see how Navy can move the football. You're, I mean, you're essentially a one-dimensional offense now. Um, a lot of people would make the case, well, that they were before. But now when you have somebody that literally cannot throw the football, that, that I – I just don't know what you do. I mean, you're going to have to come up with something very creative. But <laughs> I mean, the, I, I you're going to have to you're going to have to you're going to have to have a special teams. Uh, you whether it's a, a punt block for a touchdown or something's going to have to happen. Uh, for Navy, they're going to have to make it happen yeah. on special teams to try and stay in this game. And I don't think yeah. that's going to happen. Yeah, I think this one gets away pretty early, pretty quickly, and probably is put to bed at halftime. But again, Navy at Cincinnati Saturday, a 4 o'clock kickoff on ESPNU from, from Nippert Stadium. All right, the big one that we're all ready for, the Lockheed Martin. Sorry, Michael. Yeah, pr- uh, Price, just wanted, not, not, not necessarily the Navy Cincinnati, but interesting point with Ben Bryant. Do you know what other quarterback in the uh, major college ranks started at their school, left, and then come back? Uh, and is leading their team. Uh, I'll give you a hint. He's playing at about the same time as Bryant is this weekend. Oh boy! I'll give you one. Stetson Bennett. There I you would go. Guess. Stetson Bennett at Georgia started at Georgia, left, went played junior college ball, and then came back to Georgia and won the national championship last year. So Ben Bryant's not the only one that done it at Cincinnati. Stetson Bennett did it at Georgia as well, and it worked out pretty well for him. I like that trivia, Tom Michael. All right, the Lockheed Martin Commanders Classic, Air Force and Army, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on Saturday morning on CBS, the big CBS from Globe Life Field in Arlington, Texas. Air Force 5-3, and three, Army 3-4. Three and four. Air Force is currently a seven-point favorite. Over-under in this one is 40. Of course, the Black Knights uh, coming into this one an underdog. As I just mentioned, this is going to be the fourth straight year that they go into this game as an underdog. Air Force can win the Commander-in-Chief trophy outright with a win over Army, while a win for the Black Knights, that obviously would mean that that's a big one against Navy in the season finale where they could they could then win the CIC outright with a win Saturday and then over the midshipmen in the finale. But... I think the biggest question for me, at least in this game, guys, who's going to be the starter quarterback for Army? Who's it going to be under center? Yeah, I, I think that that's a that's a great question. I don't think we're going to know until the first snap of the game. I think uh, I think Jeff Munkin will let those three. We're talking Tyre, Tyre, Cade Ballard, and Jamel Jones. He'll let those three win it in practice. If you if you had to force me down, I would tell you I think probably Tyre Tyler wins the competition depending on his health. I think they're probably all three going to be good to go for the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, but I'll tell you one price to answer your question. I don't think we're going to know until the first snap of the game. I think you'll see all three yep. take take warm up snaps. But, I, but I'll tell you, I, I think the biggest question is is what defense shows up for Army. Is it the defense uh, that that really did a really good job against Louisiana Monroe? Or is it the defense that showed up against uh, Coastal Carolina early in the season? Because that, that's really going to make the difference here. I, I think we know what we're going to get with Air Force. They're a pretty mm-hmm. solid team. Uh, I, I think the real big variable here is which Army defense shows up. Uh, so I think I think that's the big question. Yeah, Stephen, talking with Coach Calhoun a little bit earlier, you know, I asked him, I, you know, said, look, the, the grind, the wear, the tear, the, you know, the mental, physical, you know, we know what, you know, you know obviously the cadets go through. Um you know, on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, that they just looked like they were just kind of tired in that Boise State game. And he's, I mean, of course, he played it off, said Boise State will make anybody look bad. Um, 
but I still think that bye week came at a good time. But sometimes you just never know how teams are going to come out of that bye week. And I think especially Army, the way they played that second half and got that momentum built, can they keep that momentum going from that second half against uh, Louisiana Monroe that they had two weeks ago? Yeah, you're absolutely right. If if they can keep that momentum that they got in the second half against Terry Bowden's uh, Warhawks, I think that they're, they're going to be in better shape. But if Air Force gets the ball to start the first half and Brad Roberts is all of a sudden got himself 70 or 80 yards on the ground and a touchdown to get over a thousand yards on the season, you know, they, they, the Falcons will be able to wear out the, the black Knights if they have got, if they get the opportunity Uh, and it really all does come down to can army continue to keep that good feeling they got in the first in the in the second half against uh lamo uh going here uh, mm-hmm. in, in arlington it's a very tall order 57th meeting all time between uh these two teams air force leads the series 37 18 and 1 um, the Falcons are 21 at three at home, 13 and 12 in games at Army, but Army is one and zero in neutral site games in the Commander Chief Trophy. Obviously, that was last year when it was a zero zero tie, and then it was a fantastic second half in overtime that Army won, 21 to 14. Mike, uh, for teams first played to a 13 13 tie in the very first meeting at Yankee Stadium back in New York in 1959. Between these two teams, you know, clearly the the top two rushing teams in the country, Air Force averaging uh, 336 yards per game on the ground, Army 334. Is is possible a possible difference in this game, Air Force's ability to make some big plays in the passing game from time to time when they need to? Because I know Army is capable of it as well, but Air Force seems like they've got a few more of, of the big hitters sometimes in that passing game. Yeah, but particularly with Zeke Daniels, you think you trust Zeke Daniels a little bit more. 579 yards, yeah. five TDs, no interceptions. I, I don't know that uh, – here's here's two things I think on this. One, I think you'll see Army go to the pass sooner than Air Force will because I, I don't think Army trusts their overall offensive unit as much as Air Force does mm-hmm. uh, with Brad Roberts um, and John Lee Eldridge in the backfield. But two, I, I think – the most important thing is I think you trust Hazik Daniels with ball security. I, I think if I think when Hazik Daniels throws the ball, if he if he doesn't think he can miss it, he's gonna throw it away. With Army, particularly with Ballard and Jones, I think you see a little bit more risk taking uh, in the passing game. And when you're at when you're playing a team that that's literally a mirror image of you, that turnover battle is critical. Mm-hmm. But if you remember last year, it was a couple of big pass plays that really got Army going. Oh yeah. That, al- that allowed them to uh, to get back in that game, which was a stale uh, at the half so so it's an intriguing question it can kind of go both ways i, I mm-hmm. think you trust Zeke daniels more uh, but i think you i think you will see army go to it quicker if their run game can't get going against the defense that goes up against the flex bone uh every week and the, the other thing i would tell you going back to a previous comment about coming off the bye remember army came off the bye in the first week of uh, October against Georgia State and mm-hmm. just absolutely laid an egg. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of Army fans are going to be curious to see how they come out of this bye as well. I do. They're going to be healthier. They'll have all three of their options at B-back, the fullback position. Uh, they'll be a little bit healthier uh, on the offensive line. They'll be much healthier on the defense. So, so I think Army will come into this game and they'll look more like the second half of Louisiana Monroe than they did the first half of Georgia State, which was probably their worst half of football the entire season. 
the other the other, the other thing that I want I wanted to point out with Mike saying that uh, Army probably goes to the air before Air Force does is the health of Andre Carter the second. And if you're Hazik Daniels, you don't want to be backing, uh, dropping back and, and seeing that guy coming at you. So uh, I think that's another reason to stay in uh, in in run first mentality uh, longer than than you would if you were if you were, say, to your Tyler or or Kate Daniels or the like. I, I, I really do think that that's another reason that you would probably if you are Coach Calhoun and the Falcons stay run uh, before even thinking about going to the pass. Right. You're not going to throw it 15, 20 times a game if you're uh, Hazik Daniels. What you might throw it is 8 to 10, and those 8 to 10 are either if you're if you're behind late or it's just simply to try and loosen up an Army defense that's just playing this bringing everybody up. You're just trying to keep them somewhat honest and keep that uh, keep that box a little bit loose where you can get you know maybe break off a, a big Brad Roberts run or John Lee Eldridge or something like that. It's just simply to try and give show them something else. Uh, to give them something to think about, you know, and obviously game plan, whether it's a screen, whether it's, you know, popping a wheel route, somebody out of the backfield, whether it's, uh, you know, maybe hitting the tight end, you know, or something wide receiver, you know, down, you know, down the field on some kind of play action. But you you're, you just need to be able to make some plays in the passing game. I just think, you know, I know it's, you know, kind of old, you know, you talk about it all the time and it's really, you know, it can be important in any game, but I think when any, option teams take the field. I just think third down conversions are so vitally important to be able to keep the football. And I mean, look, these teams play like they did a first half last year. I mean, this game could be over in less than two hours and, and 30 minutes because that first half last year, I think was almost done in one hour, Mike. I mean, that was one of the quickest halves I think I've ever seen. Yeah. I was at that game and uh, we went to half, and, you know, it's a, it's an 1130 central start time. Uh, so you, you get, yeah, yeah, we, we got to half quick in that game. I, I don't, I don't even know if any of the other games had started nationally by the time we got to half last year. It was, uh, yeah, there was a lot of run. It, it went by quick. Luckily, the, uh, the, we got a little bit of free football at the end with overtime that kind of made up for, uh, it made you feel like you got your money's worth on that one. So, so yeah, we'll, we'll see. Uh, ho- hopefully, hopefully we can get a little bit more of our money's worth for the tickets this year, a little bit longer of a first half. But yeah, you're right. I think that first half last year was over. Uh, it may have been even, I think it was probably like a 105, 110. It, it was not very long. CBS had to force their way in, into getting commercial breaks. It was almost like NFL where you're taking uh, taking a break after, uh, you know, kickoffs and stuff like that, you know, to try and slow it down. Which way are you guys going in this one in terms of our picks? Steve, what do you think? Seven-point favorite for, for Air Force. Yeah, you think they I, cover? I, I think they do cover. Uh, I, I just think that it's going to be – I think you're going to see the, the Brad Roberts show early um, and – I, I think I think that if you and as Mike says, you know, the, the turnover battle is so important. I think I think that they've got an opportunity to get a turnover early and, and really I, I, I don't want to say put the game on ice with a two score game. But I, I really do think that you get out to it to that lead and you're not going to see um, them go the way of the hair uh, against the tortoise. I, I just have a feeling that. Uh, that Air Force is going to be able to cover in this game. I don't think they'll cover by much, but <laughs> I, I do think that this is probably uh, a, an eight or or a nine. Mike? You, you know, I, I think every year under Jeff Munkin, Army has found a way 
to, to get where they want to be in, in the season, and that's in a bowl game. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've had a disappointing season thus far. I think they're healthy. I like the fact that they're fully healthy at B-back. I like the fact they have their full complements of quarterback. I really like the fact they're going to get a couple key players back on defense. For the On the Air Force side, for the last several years now, they've had a chance uh, to win the Mountain West, and they just kind of haven't pulled it off. They know they're out of the Mountain West right now. Uh, they're, they're always going to get up for the Army Air Force game. I, I'm not I'm not worried about them getting up for it. I'm, uh, I, I just kind of – it seems to me like the narrative, the feeling around this game is that kind of Army has a little bit more to play for. Mm-hmm. Army's coming into this game a little bit more – uh, with with a little bit more momentum, a little bit more upbeat, a little bit more of optimism on what their season remains. Um, I think Air Force maybe a little bit down on Boise State. You, you always like to go into a bye week off a win. Boise State didn't do that. They know they're probably out of the Mountain West, so they're you know they're not really playing for anything except for uh, a potentially a early December West Coast Bowl. I, I kind of like Army to cover and potentially. Uh, outright win, uh, but I, here's what I tell you: I like the over on this game. I, I think both teams will be able to score uh, three touchdowns in this game. See, I'm all over the under. Really? I, I am all over the under, um, and a lot of it's just looking statistically. Um, Air Force has held you know all seven opponents what are yeah under 21 points or less this season. 17 of their last 21 opponents have scored 21 points or less I don't know I mean it, it it it'll be close I just think it's going to be low scoring I think I think Air Force wins the game but unlike Steve I don't think they cover I think it's I think it's a close one I think it's a fairly low scoring like a I could see a 20 to 13 kind of game yeah I think the smart play with money is take Army to cover Air Force outright and the under I think the bold play with the money is mm-hmm. Army to cover, Army outright, and the over. Uh, so I think I think when you're talking about the, the the action on the money, I think those are the smart money, the smart plays, and the and the bold plays. So yeah. so I think you're probably in the smart the smart area. I think I'm being a little bit more bold in my picks on that one. And I don't I'm know, just I do... reckless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I don't. I, I just have a feeling that that Munkin finally gets this team ready, and they have uh, kind of their signature defining win of the season. Kind of changes the course of their season. All I know is this. This is a game the last – I have to go back and look at the – I looked at it earlier. I can't remember off the top of my head going back how many – exactly how many games. But this is a, a virtual – almost a virtual certainty to be a, a close down to the last possession game or at least down to the the team that's got the ball last type of game because it seems like inevitably the last at least five years it's been one of those kind of games where it's come down to the final minute – you know, field goal difference, and I don't think it's going to be any different. I think we're in for a, another treat uh, at Globe Life Field in the Lockheed Martin Commanders Classic on Saturday. Again, Air Force and Army, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time kickoff. Boy, that's 10 a.m., you know, Mountain Standard Time. Falcons luckily, have luckily to... neither of these teams have to worry about that because uh, these, these guys are used to getting up at the crack of dawn. Very, very true. All right, that's going to do it for this week's episode. I know appreciate, uh, of course, Steve and Mike doing this, you know, tonight, this week, all season long. Just can't push, uh, tell them thank you enough for all their hard work and, you know, the time that we get together every Mondays to put this together. But also want to thank uh, Air Force Head Coach Troy Calhoun, SID at, at the Air Force Academy, Troy Garnhart, for uh, getting Coach Calhoun together with us at the last minute so we could uh, chat with him just 
very quickly before this weekend's game. But don't forget, we are part of the College Gridiron Coast to Coast Podcast Network. You can listen to us. Just search Yards and Stripes wherever you listen to your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. I mean, you just search College Gridiron. You can pull up the feed. We've got so many different kinds of shows. Your team, your conference, we have got you covered on the College Gridiron Coast to Coast podcast network that Steve is leading the charge on weekly and getting all these shows up. So Steve might be the MVP of the season and get the ultimate game ball when all is said and done. But we will talk to you again next week on episode 11 of Yards and Stripes. But until then, enjoy the games this weekend, especially Army and Air Force. We'll talk to you next week. Join us again next time for Yards and Stripes Service Academy Football. To get more on all things Service Academy Football, like Yards and Stripes on Facebook and follow them on Twitter at Yards and Stripes. And make sure that you're subscribing to the College Gridiron Coast to Coast podcast feed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, and wherever you get your podcasts.